Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes a day. But that gets us into God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong and grow in our faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. You know people in your life who need to grow in their faith, don't you? Who need to start thinking about their relationship with God? Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day. Through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But share every day with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody come to God. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study in this particular series of today's Bible class. And this is going to be one that I think is tough. It's tough because of where we're at as a culture in our nation. Now, we could talk about the world in a more broad-based perspective, but, but we live here in America, the United States. This is our culture in which we live. Now, I've said many times in writing that the culture is the mindset, you might say, the heart of a nation. So as the culture goes, so goes the nation. If the culture is strong and pure, that nation is going to be strong, and it's going to be more godly. But if that culture becomes more and more compromised, becomes weaker and weaker, the nation as a whole will follow suit. I want to entitle this particular series, Oh, America, America. You'll see why in a moment. Toward the end of his ministry on, the fa- on this earth, as Jesus came to bring the gospel, and to call the people to salvation through him as the Savior. Jesus mourned over the spiritual condition of the city of Jerusalem, which was a representation of the nation of Israel as a whole. Now, God sent Jesus to Israel to call the Jews first to repentance and to come to him as the Savior and to take up the message of the gospel of salvation through him. Most of the Jews rejected him. Most of the Jews did not come to him, did not follow him. Many did, but the vast majority said no. And so as he comes toward the end of his ministry on this earth, we find in Matthew chapter 23, beginning with verse 37, these words uttered by him, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." Now, Jesus not only came proclaiming himself to be the Savior and the Son of God, the prophesied Messiah from Old Testament scriptures, numerous Old Testament prophecies, but he came proving that he was and is such through vast numbers of signs and wonders and miracles. The Apostle Peter pointed this out in the sermon, his sermon on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. He, he rebuked 
he charged. He really convicted many of the Israelites, the Jews who had gathered together in Jerusalem on that day, Pentecost, for that special feast day and holy day. And he told them in verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. And so Peter says, Jesus did not just come proclaiming himself to be the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. He demonstrated that fact through the powers that God had bestowed upon him to perform miracles and signs and wonders. And he did those, and Peter could have gone on and said, numerous ones of those in your midst. You saw him. You heard of your fellow countrymen who saw him. You have no excuse that you did not follow him, that you did not come to him. Well, such is the case for so many people. They know about Jesus. They would even say they believe in Jesus, but they don't walk with him. So Jesus, he utters this lament over the city of Jerusalem, which again was representative of Israel as a whole. They had rejected and would continue to reject their Savior. And so he says, how often I wanted to gather you together as a hen would her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. So see, your house is left to you desolate. Within only about 40 years or so, Jerusalem Jerusalem would be devastated, destroyed, torn to pieces by the Roman army. They had not yet come to Jesus, their Savior. Well, Jesus came to Israel as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, as I said, of the coming Savior. Isaiah 53 goes into great detail, but that's just one particular text that prophesies the coming Savior. And Jesus fulfilled every one of those prophetic prophecies about the coming Savior in detail. Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, also identified him as the coming Savior. As the Apostle Paul stated, God had prepared, God had prepared the bloodline of Israel to be that through which Jesus would come into the world. God would send the Savior through the bloodline of Israel. Well, that's interesting. That's important for us to understand. And that's why God sent Jesus to Israel first, because they should have been most prepared to receive the Savior. And then as they accepted him and obeyed him, were baptized into him for the remission of their sins upon their repentance and obedience in baptism, they could spread the gospel throughout the known world. Oh, but for the most part, they rejected Jesus as the Savior and still do to this day. So God prepared the Jewish mindset. He gave them the prophecies. He gave them the Old Testament law of Moses. He put them on watch through those prophecies, those Old Testament scriptures, to be looking for the prophesied Savior to come. In Romans chapter 9, beginning with verse 5, the apostle Paul wrote about this. I tell you the truth, In Christ, I am not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ 
for my brethren. He's talking about his Jewish brethren who had rejected the Savior. My countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. See, all of those features written down in the Old Testament scriptures repeatedly. Paul says, my countrymen, my fellow Jews, they had all of that. God pointing them in the direction of the coming Savior. Oh, but they rejected him. And then Paul goes on in verse 5, and he says, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, the eternal blessed of God. Amen. Oh, How tragic that the people God had prepared for hundreds and hundreds of years to be looking for and be ready to receive the Savior had, by and large, rejected that very Savior when God sent him to this earth. Paul laments their delusion, their unfaithfulness, and ultimately their potential eternal ruin because they did not accept Jesus as the Savior. God's plan was for the Jews to spread the gospel of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus throughout the world. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14, they were supposed to be the springboard, so to speak, of taking the gospel and spreading it throughout all of the known world. But alas, they could not because they did not accept the Savior. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14, we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. But the Jews rejected him because he was not the Savior they were looking for. They wanted a military leader. They wanted a, an earthly king to sit on in glory on David's throne and restore the glory of Israel back to uh, themselves in that particular time frame. But that's not the kind of Savior God sent. That's not the kind of king God sent into this world. They rejected Jesus. They wanted a military leader or at least someone to inspire the, the Jewish armies to go out and attack the Romans and drive them out of their land. But that was not the Savior God sent into the world. That was not the mission that he sent Jesus to fulfill as the Savior of mankind. This was also prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53 and other numerous other Old Testament scripture texts. The leadership of the Jews when Jesus came was corrupt, and many of the people cared more about their social standing than their dedication to the Savior. Even though some of them may have seen the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies in the person of Jesus as he was here upon this earth, they did not openly confess him. And you can read about that in a number of different passages. John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43 for one. Also, John chapter 9, the parents of the uh, man who had been born blind, whom Jesus healed miraculously. People did not want to open, many of them did not want to openly confess Jesus because they were afraid they would lose their place in the synagogue, because they were afraid the Jewish leadership would kick them out, so to speak. 
Well, they needed to make a choice. Were they going to follow the erroneous Jewish leadership in turning away from Jesus, or were they going to follow God in the person of Jesus, fulfilling those Old Testament prophecies of his coming as the Savior? So Jesus ultimately, in Matthew chapter 23, beginning with verse 37, lamented, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You were not willing. Well, what I want us to explore in this series of studies and this line of thought is how we could change the name Jerusalem to Jerusalem to America, America. Oh, America, America. I changed that particular wording purposefully because it's meant to show the similarities between Israel of that day and the state of our nation today. Our leaders, our leaders are not physically killing God's prophets, but there is a progressive movement within our land, decades long at this point, to push God and the Bible out of the public and social mindset, and thereby leading us as a nation, if we follow, and many have, into the same corrupt and immoral state that so many within Jerusalem was, or were in, and so many within Israel were in, in the days that Jesus walked upon this earth. Let's pray together. Father, help us to open our eyes and see the truth, the truth of your word, but also the truth of where our nation is going right now. And let us be people who do not follow those wrong leadings but help us to be people who will follow your teachings in your word and to stand for the truth firmly and to be the influence for godliness that you want us to be in a nation that is so, so turning to ungodliness. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>